0: Hey, thank you for tuning in here today. My name is Dave Riesinger and this is Redeemed Church. This is our weekly online message. And today I have something that I hope will bless you. Um, It's something that is near and dear to my heart, the subject matter. But I wanna start by asking a question. Um, Have you ever felt in your life that something is wrong inside? Have you ever felt like something is sick, or there's a condition that you have internally that's draining the very life from you. I'm not talking about a condition in your body, although your body feels it, I'm talking about your soul. Have you ever felt like, man, I'm trying to do the right things, Uh, my intentions are right, Uh, maybe you're a believer, obviously this is gonna predominantly talk to you, but I love Jesus, I love God, Um, I believe the Holy Spirit lives in me, but it just seems like something is missing and there's a void and an emptiness inside that I just can't seem to get over and I can't seem to change. Have you ever wondered why you keep saying things that you don't mean to say? You keep doing things that you know aren't right and you just can't seem to stop? Have you ever felt like, You've kind of gotten into a place that you can't get out of and no matter how hard you spin your wheels, no matter how hard you put your foot on the gas pedal to try and power out of it, it just seems like nothing changes and you don't go anywhere and you're getting more tired, you're getting more exhausted, you're losing hope because every time you go around the circle and you try and you try and you try, it just doesn't get better. Uh, today, the title of my message is, He Restores My Soul. I think a lot of the issues that we face, if you connected with anything I said, they have to do with the soul, and we're going to talk about what that's all about. Uh, but I love that in Psalm 23, this is the series that we're in, that God puts more emphasis on touching, ministering to, and healing the inner life than he does on putting expectations on our behaviors or the successful outcomes of our outer life. Now, God being perfect, being ultimate genius, he understands that this is a truth that needs to get into you and I. If we're frustrated about the reason that we can't seem to obey and live out the call and live out the word and the will of God, we're frustrated with it, maybe the Lord, Is telling us to look at the real root condition and it's not that you don't love him it's not that he doesn't love you but maybe you need your soul restored I want to read this Psalm 23 just three verses here uh, 1 through 3 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters and this is what we're gonna talk about today Verse three, he restores my soul. <clears throat> he guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. You know what I love about this is that it's not an accident, the progression you see. It starts out by the sheep acknowledging its source and its leader. We, when we start by acknowledging, like this is, the, this is how we get the full life, the abundant life that Jesus talks about. It starts when I say, I I believe in and I trust that God will provide for me and that he will guide me and he will protect me, right? And then what does it do? It says that once I understand this, then he brings me into rest. And if I can be brought into rest and you can't be brought into rest unless you're trusting the one who can lead you there. But once I know who he is and I believe him and I trust him, then he provides rest. And after rest, you see that the only way restoration is possible is if I've gone to a place of rest, which means that I trust my shepherd. And when he brings me into the restoration of my soul, my inner life, then I can walk paths of righteousness. Now, I'm going to revisit this and I'm going to actually hit on it again. It might sound a little redundant, but I really want to drive this point home. Righteousness simply means living and doing what is right, just, and ethical, right? So it's living my life according to God's will and God's pleasure. For for us New Testament believers, it means to live Christ-like, to be like Jesus, um, positionally and practically. And this is what I mean by this. Jesus, he makes us right with God uh, because of the blood that he shed for us. So if God looks at you and you've received Jesus as your savior, Okay, now this might take some condemnation and shame off of somebody who's watching right now. We are not perfect in our practice yet. We all fall short. But when we applied the blood of Jesus um, to our lives, when we put our faith in Christ and we were recipients of that salvation, literally God uh, interacts with you as though you were his son Jesus because he puts or imputes his righteousness unto you. So that's positionally in heaven, that's the only way we can have a connection with God. But it's not just position when it comes to righteousness that matters, it's also our practice. And this is the goal of the Christian life, that somehow my practice would look more and more like my position, I hope this makes sense. The way God sees me as far as perfect in the eyes of God, and that day by day from glory to glory, month by month, the more I get to know him and follow him and rest and receive restoration, then I start to actually practice the righteousness that looks more like Jesus day by day, right? So I know for me, and I'm sure for you, Dave doesn't always live, I don't always act, I don't always think, um, and I, I don't always talk like Christ, right? And so I'm on this path to look more like him. But again, and I'm going to say this again, it starts with knowing the shepherd, entering his rest. From rest, I can find restoration. And when my soul is restored, I'm able to practice righteousness, right? So if you've wondered why you just don't be able to, you can't make the right choices, right? You have destructive habits. Come on, what is that habit in your life right now? Maybe it's a habit somebody knows about. Maybe it's a habit nobody knows about. Maybe it's a habit that you've been thinking, man, I need to talk to somebody about this because you know, maybe it's not gonna kill you physically, but it's just beating you up. It is causing shame. It's causing condemnation. It's robbing you of joy, right? So why do I keep doing this? Uh, what are those patterns? Uh, what, are the, what are the areas of your life that no matter how hard you try, You just don't seem to be able to live right. Maybe you need a restored soul, right? And here's the thing. Life without restoration on the inside will not produce righteousness on the outside. Now, I know I've hit on that a lot, and I purposely did, but I want to drive the point home. To understand David's words in Psalm 23, um, we need to look at Psalm 42 because David gives this this promise or this uh, proclamation that his shepherd, for us it's Jesus, restores his soul. But in Psalm 42, he actually gives us a picture and an image and a description of what a soul is like when it needs restoration. So this would be like a diagnosis, right? So you go in and you have symptoms right? So we're, we're, we're always looking for like, man, do I have COVID-19, right? So this is one of the, is it a fever? You know, is, is, uh, is there a temperature involved in it? Is my, my stomach kind of hurts? Do I have the virus? We're looking for symptoms. And in the same way, the soul is going to show symptoms that let us know that it's broken or wounded or damaged and it needs restoration. And so let me just take some snippets from Psalm 42, and can we just do some diagnosing right now? We're gonna gonna look at our soul, and we're gonna see whether or not we might need some restoration, right? So here's what he says. Psalm 42, one, and uh, just a couple verses. It says, as the deer pants for streams of water, my soul longs after you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God when shall i come and appear in his presence have you ever felt like david feels right here david is expressing a drought he feels dry inside have you ever felt like your heart is being drugged through the desert sand and you're looking for streams of water and you can't find it and you're parched and and you know those times that your tongue is sticking to the roof of your mouth And the only thing you want in in, in this life is just a cold glass of water. You don't need the lottery. You don't need a good night's sleep. You don't need a compliment. You don't need a raise at your job. You ever felt like, man, if I could just get a glass of water right now, nothing would feel better. And he's saying that he was in a state where his soul just needed to feel the refreshing of God, but it hadn't. He felt so dehydrated in the inner man. And he's like, man, when can I meet with God again? You know what he's saying here? He's basically saying, it's been a long time since I felt you, Jesus. I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but man, being in church and you sing the songs and you, you, you're you lifting your hands and you're you're declaring the truth about his presence. And in the presence of the Lord, there's liberty and you know, the mountains tremble and all these lyrics, but you feel absolutely nada. And then you go home and you, you get up in the morning and you try and spend time with him and you don't feel anything. You feel so dry, you feel so empty, and then you start to get discouraged. And the hope of feeling his presence, it starts to make your heart sick because scripture says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I know a guy who's felt like that. I know that guy really well, and I know what it's like to say, "Man, God, can you throw me a bone here? Can can you just can I just feel you? Because I f- I'm, I'm starting to feel like maybe you're 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 not you're not near. I'm 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 reading these promises about how you never leave me nor forsake me, but in my soul right now, I'm kind of freaking out because." I, I need a drink of your presence. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but if you have, maybe you're in a place where God needs to restore your soul. He says then in verse three, I love how he puts this. My tears have been my food both day and night. Have you ever felt like David? My tears have been my food day and night. You are in a place where you're having deep depression. Have you ever had an emotional breakdown where you just couldn't stop crying it seems like your your emotions are out of whack you feel like there's just some imbalance in your brain and in your heart and you don't know why you're just a blubbering mess you don't know why you feel like you sunk so low but you can't you can't contain your emotions and you're not crying because you feel god's presence that's one thing but you're crying because your heart feels like it's in despair I know a guy who's felt like this, I know him very well. I know what it's like to be up at night and want a breakthrough and been praying and even fasting and it feels like this breakthrough that you desire is a million miles off. I'm not talking again about a raise or God giving you the next house. I'm talking about, Lord, I just need something inside of me to change and it's not coming. Have you ever felt like David? Or when he says in verse five, he's speaking to his own soul. And I think this is something that we can do. He says, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Have you ever talked to yourself? You know, it's not crazy to talk to yourself. We are body, soul, and spirit, right? And like David encouraged himself in the Lord at times, but he says, why are you downcast, oh my soul? I know some of you have said this, like, like man, why, why did I say that? Like, why would you ask yourself a question? What you're doing is wired in you, and we see David doing it. You're speaking to the inner man, right? There's, there's this conscious side. of You have a spirit that the Holy Spirit speaks to, and the Holy Spirit speaking to your spirit, and your spirit is the part of you that's been made perfect at salvation. That's how you were able to be acceptable in the eyes of God. But your soul is still in process. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. David's going through all this. Mind, will, emotions, all needing restoration, right? But he says to himself, knowing that this isn't right, knowing that, yeah, we all go through this process, but man, I need some breakthrough. Why are you downcast on my soul? Why the unease within me? I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I walk in sorrow because of my enemy's oppression? Have you ever felt like David like your mind was playing tricks on you? We just went from emotional breakdown, sobbing. I mean, he's eating his tears as food, right? Crying so hard it's getting into his mouth. And and now he's saying, "Why have you forsaken me?" Basically, why have you given me over to my enemies? Yet he calls God his rock. Listen, This is a signal that you need restoration in your soul, and I know a guy really well who has felt this. I I know this guy really well, and I, I know what it's like to have your mind play tricks on you, knowing God loves you, knowing he'll never forsake you, but starting to believe that maybe he doesn't see you in your pain, or maybe he doesn't really care, or maybe he's given up on you, which isn't scriptural, But I'm telling you, when a broken and a wounded soul stays broken and wounded and unrestored, your mind can start to play tricks on you and the enemy can come in and whisper lies that feel like realities. I don't know if you feel like God's abandoned you or God's neglecting you or God has taken a hike and he's turned his back on you, but I promise you he has not because that's not who he is. But yet when the soul is broken, it can feel like a fact, right? In these dark moments, we face these toxic thoughts and our thoughts can then reinforce our feelings and it can put us in a funk and it can actually cause us to run from the very presence of the shepherd, the one who can restore us. And and Jesus is like, hey, I see where you're at. Even though you can quote the scripture, man, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, You find yourself in a way that your thoughts are actually taking you uh, into captivity to obey a lie, right? You need your soul restored. And again, I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you, right? Because I know what this is like. Uh, David hits on the soul and its brokenness. So what is the soul? Again, I mentioned it earlier, it's the mind, the will, the emotions. This is our thinking, this is our choosing, this is our feeling. Another way to say it is the soul is is our intellect, it's our decision-making, and it's our heart, right? We understand that, we use that a lot. That's our heart, right? So when these areas are broken, our whole life is thrown off. And I find it fascinating, David uses this term, why are you cast down, oh my soul? And I think it's interesting because Psalm 23 is actually a connection between a sheep and a shepherd. So how does a sheep get Cast down, right? Does a sheep have a soul? So, how, how does this metaphor even fit? Because this is the picture in the imagery here. You know, how does a sh- an actual shepherd know if a sheep is downcast, knowing that this is the symbolism that he's using? I mean, does a, does a shepherd see a sheep like staring at his feet all the time? How do you know the sheep is? Does he, you know, look through his belongings and find some? You know, Depeche Mode and Billie Eilish tracks on his playlist. Does he uh, does he see some like antidepressant pills falling out of his out of his wool when he's you know shearing him? How do you know that a sheep is downcast? I love David's use of the word here because it is phenomenal imagery. A sheep can actually become what they call cast, right, or downcast, and David is connecting these two. This is when a sheep loses its balance. And it it could be because it trips over something um, or when it's trying to lay down, when there's little depressions or ruts in the ground, especially a sheep can roll over in that little depression. Come on, am I preaching at somebody right now? Right? It just takes a little bit of a rut in your life, a little depression, a little bit of a dip that you hit and you can get off balance and that sheep when it loses its balance the way they're built when it rolls over the internal organs are so heavy that if it gets momentum in that depression it can flip over turn upside down the organs shift and when a sheep is cast it's when it's literally laying flat on its back and its feet are up in the air and it cannot get up and what a picture of the soul this is what happens to us. Now, Now, when we fall down, like, think about, remember that commercial, what is it, Life, Life Alert? And, uh, you know, the, it's, it's the commercial where the old lady falls down the stairs and then, thank God, she has the necklace and she punches the necklace and she talks into it like, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Now, that's not funny. What was funny is that in one of the commercials, um, you could tell for absolute sure It was a full-grown stunt man falling down the stairs. His five o'clock shadow, he's 200 pounds, ripped, about to burst out of the seams of his sleeves. But she's able to push this button and help comes. But have you ever tried to push the button? Like, help God, I've fallen and I can't get up. And it seems like God isn't coming. A sheep doesn't have this button, right? And sometimes we feel like we keep pushing the button, but the battery's dead and God isn't hearing us. You know what happens in a a cast sheep? When it is on its back, it can die within two hours. Immobile. Have you ever felt, and I said it earlier, have you ever felt like, I'm trying, God, I'm trying to get up. I just can't. I can't muster the strength. I can't muster the energy. I I just don't seem to be able to move forward. I, I don't have what it takes. And I'm asking you to help, and I feel like there's no help. And here's what happens to a cash sheep. The very organs, it's, it's very insides will kill it. It dies from the pressure on the inside. Do you know what I'm saying right now? Sometimes your circumstances are crazy and you've got a boss doing this and you have a friend who backstabbed you and you've got a spouse who's like losing their mind and causing your life to be turmoil. But you can take all that if you are settled and healed on the inside. But man, it is a dangerous spot when the crushing isn't coming from the outside, but it's your very inner man that feels like it's crushing you. Dear God, who can survive a broken heart? And this sheep will lay there and literally its main arteries will get pinched off by the weight of its own organs. And where there's no circulation, the oxygen that's in the blood can't get to those spots. Oh, the oxygen's there, the nutrients are there, the blood is still on the inside, the heart is still pumping, it still has all the components that it should be able to live a healthy life and be fine, but because the circulation is cut off, that oxygen just can't get to where it needs to be. And in the same way, when we are being crushed from a broken heart, that circulation that happens with God, with our heart, with communication with Him, with us taking our thoughts captive with our prayer life, when that gets cut off, it literally feels like our life is being drained from us and we are paralyzed by it. Now, we get into the good news. I know that this has been a little bit more heavy, but um, what happens is that the, the this is integration. And I, I read this amazing book by John Ortberg called Soul Keeping, and, and he talks about disintegration and some of you, you know, when, when I say the word disintegration, you have a picture that comes to your mind. But if I slow that word down and, and, I, and I say it like this, disintegration, right? It's a, it's a lack or a brokenness of integration. And what happens with a healthy soul is when the circulation of our walk looks like integration. And it, it looks like this that again, we have the Holy Spirit who is perfect truth living inside of us. The Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit, the deepest part of us, our inner man. Our spirit then leads our soul. So this is health and this is wholeness. When my soul is receiving messages from the Spirit of God and I'm following Him, and then my thinking and my choosing and my feeling are aligning with what the Spirit's saying, then what does my soul do? My soul then tells my body, hey, talk this way. No, 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 don't act out. No, 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 don't go there. No, serve the Lord. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, praise Jesus in the storm. My my body then is dictated by my soul, which is dictated by my spirit, which is dictated by the Holy Spirit. But when we have disintegration, we have a blockage. And for some reason, my soul is not receiving from the Holy Spirit through my spirit. It could be rebellion, it could be sin, it could be a lie I've embraced, but then my body is going in a different direction. I'm actually choosing to live outside of God's plan and purpose and his pleasure. And then all of a sudden, my whole life turns into a storm. And so what the shepherd does is he, he will bring the sheep back to an upright position, stand them up, And spend some time massaging his legs, right? And getting the blood flowing again. He'll put his hands on that sheep. This is the shepherd, uh, uh, the, the sheep and the shepherd coming together, and the shepherd has to be up close and personal, really laying his hands on the sheep to orient him again. And you know what? He won't make the sheep go on the next journey. Or, or walk out the path of righteousness until he's oriented and stable again. So many times you and I, we're trying to walk the path of righteousness, we're trying to follow the call of God, we're trying to take the world by storm and we're not restored yet. And then we fall and then you know we, we're, we're sick again. I love that Jesus prioritizes, no, 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 let's get you rest, let's get you restored because your being is more important to me than your doing. Your, you, the position and health of your inner man is what determines the success and obedience of the outer man. And I'll, I'll, I'll close with this, you know, it, isn't it weird? It seems like sheep were created with a design flaw. Every other animal can take care of themselves. I can't think of one other animal that can flip over by itself and die, that can get as lost as easily as a sheep i can't think of any other animal that it's fur or for sheep its wool gets so heavy that if a human doesn't cut it it can go into water and get sucked down rapids because it, it's two weighed down right so w- w- is this a design flaw did god mess up with sheep or is it his perfect genius saying i'm going to call you sheep and i'm going to show you there's one animal that cannot survive without the constant touch leadership and provision of the shepherd. And when it comes to Psalm 23.3, the sheep is a symbol that says to you and I, there's a time that you just can't pick yourself back up. No matter how hard you try, your willpower and your striving will not do it. So what if we in this position, if this fits where you're at, you say to yourself, God, that is a description of my soul. Well, how do I fix it? You come to the shepherd, you cast off the lies. Acts 3.19 says, Repent, therefore, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repent just simply means this, to think differently. To go to the Lord and say, God, I submit and I surrender my fear, my anxiety. I surrender my striving. I surrender the imbalance in my life. Maybe it was a lack of balance in your life that caused you to flip over and get into this position. And now you went from integration to disintegration because you balanced like your your priorities, your will, your money, you you balance that far against like your time with him. So you get back to what matters the most. And listen, you and I I know you wanna walk in righteousness. righteousness is not possible without restoration. Restoration is not possible without rest. And rest is not possible unless we follow and trust the shepherd. Can I pray for you today? Um, If you need help and you need someone to pray with you, um, reach out to us. Um, If you want counsel, um, why don't you just hit us up at redeem.church and we would love to follow up with you. But I want to close in prayer right now. Let's just bow our heads and Go before the Lord. Lord, we know you're right here with us. And I pray that we would feel the loving hands of the shepherd ministering to the brokenness and the woundedness of our souls. I ask that, God, you would bring restoration, peace, and healing right now. And that circulation would come back, and life and refreshing and revitalization would come back to our mind, our will, and our emotions. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Thank you for this. Send this message to somebody. If you feel it, it will be a blessing. Have a great week and we'll see you soon. God bless.